Hello and welcome to Subcultured, a podcast exploring subcultures from around the world. I'm your very sick boy and host today, Jake Brennan, and I'm joined by fellow metal scrounging enthusiast, Joanna Graham. Hello. Jacob Abbott. Hello. And Ben Hymans. Hello. How are we all doing, guys? Good, thank you. Yeah, pretty good. How are you? I'm quite ill, if you haven't already guessed from the sneezing and the coughing, so I'm going to apologise now for the state of my audio quality and, you know, the drippiness of my mic throughout the entire episode. It's, it is quite easy to get ill this time of year, especially if you're out in fields all day with your metal detector in the cold. I know. That's what I'm going to be taking you through today, which has been giving me this horrible, horrible flu. That's a lie. I mean, I could do the bit, but I feel I'd, you know, I wouldn't really warrant going out into fields. It's too dark and horrible. Not in Manchester, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be taking you guys through the interesting subculture and mysterious world of detectorists. Ooh. This is exciting. I don't know anything about detectorists except what I have seen in that BBC show, The Detectorists. Which I think is it also available on Netflix. Let me just let me just check that. Hashtag not sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> Hashtag please sponsor us Netflix, pretty please. Well, how about we start with the show because I think that's quite a good basis to go off. Because from what I've understood of like um, people's or detectorists' opinion of the show. It's pretty spot on. So the show Detectorist is about two friends, as played by Toby Jones and Mackenzie Crook? Mackenzie. Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie Crook. <laughs> who are two friends who go out into fields with metal detectors and enjoy sort of scavenging the land and discovering things, which is essentially the subculture of the kind of hobbyists of detectorists. People who go out into the world and metal detect. I've got it down here that they are the indie treasure hunters of the Yorkshire world. That's quite accurate. Hmm. Yeah, so basically detectorists are treasure hunters, which I think is quite cool. Yeah, if the treasure that they hunted was like incredibly disappointing, <laughs> like bits of clay pots or can lids. A coin. A co- mm. Yeah, a coin. That would be a good day. You think treasure hunting, and there's instant connotations coming to mind of pirates. Pirates are cool questing crusadery types, you know, going and stealing treasure and, and all that sort of thing. And a fun fact, Mackenzie Crook played a pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean, so there is that crossover there. Well, you see, the entire show is basically just him looking for his eye. Pops out one day and they were like, oh no, must find my eye again. Thankfully, here's some small man with a metal detector, and it starts a very obscure and abstract love triangle from there. I will say now, I haven't actually watched the show, so <gasps> some of this might be lost on me. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yeah, the show is about two friends who are metal detectorists. It's the kind of a very British sort of show. You know, they're a little bit awkward, they've got their own little family lives going on, and detectoring is kind of intermingled quite heavily. But as far as the accuracy of the show's concerned, it is very spot on to the life of detectorists. And it's actually really accurate to the beef that detectorists have with archaeologists, like some sort of untapped, hidden, underground turf war. Because apparently, according to the media and according to a lot of sort of forums, there's a very fine line between detectorists that do this for fun and then some that do it for profit. And there's kind of a pet peeve as a professional archaeologist find that what they do is kind of a little bit sort of intrusive, that they kind of just sort of like, yeah, like, like Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, just sort of ruin excavation sites. So there's kind of like this really weird, obscure love-hate thing that goes on. Yeah, I can definitely see that, because if you just got some guy from Metal Detector just tromping through a field, potentially destroying valuable artefacts, I can see why I'd be very, very annoyed. If I want to get involved in metal detecting, which, by the way, I genuinely would love to try it, it seems like a lot of fun, how on earth do you go about getting permission to go and use your metal detector? Like, I assume you can't just go out and use it in a, like, a park or wherever. Oh no. Well, detectoring in itself is a big scheme of asking permission for things. There's a, a legal act of the, the Treasure Act 1996, which declares that if you go out and find something of any value, you must declare it to a museum. Or if it's of any particular worth, you must then declare it to the police. Like, for example, gold coins, necklaces, jewellery. You need to then say, look, I have found this so it can be valued and then cautioned if it, whether or not it's actually important. But yeah, most of the time you need to go to a field and ask the farmer, Oi, I know this is your land, but can I metal detect on it? And normally there's a kind of 50-50 split deal of like, yep, you can come on our land, but if you find anything, you know, we want some of that sweet, sweet ground cash. 
just to follow up on that, I've just looked up the 1996 Treasure Act because it sounds cool, and I want to know more about the 1996 Treasure Act. It's split into five different sections. So the following finds are treasure under the act. If found after the 24th of September 1997, any metallic object other than a coin, provided that at least 10% of the weight is precious metal, and it is at least 300 years old when found. If the object is of prehistoric date, it will be treasure provided any part of it is precious metal. Only the following groups of coins will normally be regarded as coming from the same find. Hoards that have been deliberately hidden. Okay, this is starting coins. to sound like a riddle given by a dwarf who lives on a bridge. Have ye got ten <laughs> coins of at least 10% precious metal? <laughs> That have been hoarded deliberately. Well, there's no set start date of when detectorists actually happen. For all we know, this could be some sort of troll hunter type scenario where this has been going on for years to find gold away from goblins and trolls, and secretly this society of people has been protecting us by preserving all our hidden goods. Are you saying that goblins are real creatures? I don't know, Jacob. I'm just speculating. That could be a whole other episode. <laughs> That's a whole other episode when I'm a little less ill and high on drugs. I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about Article 5 of this. Article 5 basically said anything that could be considered a treasure trove but does not fall into the other categories. That kind of sounds like a, if we want it, we're going to call it treasure and you can't have it. Which <laughs> yeah. makes me want to, again, go back to piracy. I, I think if I found it, finders keepers. Finders keepers is a longer standing rule, I think. <laughs> well, I think this is the kind of the beef that a lot of detectorists have with archaeologists and vice versa. It's kind of like, at one end of the spectrum, you find something cool and you want to declare it, but it's like, yeah, but actually, it's historical because, I don't know, lol reasons, we're going to take it for ourselves. But then you get detectorists that will then be like, well, I found something, I'm just going to not tell you and flog that shit on eBay and get much, much more money. Well, exactly. I don't know, where do we fall morally on that? If you, if you were to find a great archaeological find yourself, would you keep it? Let's ask ourselves this, like, morally. How do you feel? How much money are we talking here? We could do a couple of brackets, so we'll say 50 to 100 pounds, and then 1,000 to 5,000 pounds, and then 10,000 pounds plus. Where do you fall in those brackets? Hmm. Well, who gets it? If we don't steal it, yep. who profits? I believe it has to go to a museum, according to the articles. So it's not even the owner of the land who gets the winnings? There's meant to be a, a split if you declare it. I think the museum has to buy it off you. And then you, you split the money you get from that. Well, I feel like museums are full of stolen architects anyway. So, Ooh. you know, what difference does it make if I steal from them? Very True. fair point. I think there's also a giant underground market for illicit trade in artifacts anyway. If I remember right, it was Nicholas Cage. He spent like an, a ridiculous amount on like a T-Rex skull. And then they found out it had been stolen or was like done on the black market. So he had to give it back. <laughs> I legitimately thought you were going to go into a bit where you were going to go on about sort of national treasure, but I'm, I'm actually I'm actually excited <laughs> to understand to assume that's real. It is real. Yeah, unfortunately, I missed my chance there. I should have done a national treasure joke. Holy hell, that's a big skull. Mm. He also has a pyramid tomb, by the way. Oh, of course. No wonder he's going for a T-Rex skull. And, uh, and I'm sure in a few years' time, a detectorist is going to go over that with a little metal detector, find the golden peak of the pyramid, and we're going to have another Indiana Jones-type scenario kicking off. I just imagine the kind of mummy's curse Nicolas Cage would put on you. An acting curse. You'll never be consistent oh. at oh. acting ever again. Oh, no. <gasps> I'd like to think that Nicolas Cage would be really big in detectoring. Because there's a lot of people that you wouldn't really expect. Because this is what surprised me most about when we first looked into this is that I know quite a few people who were into it from previous jobs, like people of a lot of different demographics, ages, sexes, and it's just kind of like, it's not solely secluded to just old people. Ramblers, people who enjoy just going outside. There's like a No, it's, it's nerds. It's, well, oh, I yeah. don't know, it could be a family activity as well. Oh, I'd hate to go detectoring with my family. <laughs> so I've been having a look at the rules, and Matt raises an interesting So whoever finds it, is only ever entitled to up to half of it. But if you're on a family adventure and you decided to go metal detecting with your family, could your family cope with the strain of finding treasure and who would count as finding it? Ooh, that's a good point. I mean, the best way would just be to split it down into individual bits and get equal amounts, but that never happens. I think this does sound like it could be leading up to a very good Nicolas Cage movie. 
<laughs> everyone just turns on each other and suddenly it's kind of like they're on a road trip and they're all trying to off each other to get this insane amount of money's worth of gold. But like an Eddie Murphy movie, he's playing every member of his family. Oh, that would be fantastic. Ooh. I don't think he's done that yet, has he, Nicolas Cage? He's Not done yet. a lot of things, he hasn't done that. Nicolas Cage, the detectorist. Detectorize? Detectorese. Not really sure if I ever found there was a plural for detectorists other than detectorists. I think it is just detectorists. Oh, I would have liked there to be a nice funny one. Detectori? Detectorus? What's quite funny is people have taken leaps and bounds to the assumption that Detectorist actually trails all the way back down to prospecting back in America years and years ago of the use of using technology to find rare lost goods or metals. Though granted back then it was more just water in a tray and a compass. There seems to be a bit of a sort of a very vague open history that people like to piece together with this. It even goes back to World War II. I think that's when metal detectorists as a hobby with actual metal detectors came to be, because I think past then people were sort of looking out for old bits of planes, English and German memorabilia that had been scattered all around sort of like the countryside, because apparently a lot of what people find are a great deal of World War II trinkets, medals, bits of plane, bullets, bullets being quite a biggie. I was going to say, actually, in my research, I found the idea of the iron harvest. Have you ever heard of that before? No. No. It's in France and Belgium in World War One. It's estimated that there was one tonne of explosives fired for every square metre of territory along the Western Front. And of that, they think about 300 million shells were duds, so they didn't go off, so they're still under the soil. And so the iron harvest is every year, as they're ploughing the fields or people are metal detecting, they find like shells and grenades and everything like that. Holy hell. Do you reckon anyone is secretly collecting, like, a full magazine and be like, boom, look what I found? <laughs> yeah, you never know. I wonder what the strangest thing that's ever been found detectorizing ah, well, has been. I've got a very fun list here, if anyone would like to like to indulge me of the oddest things that I've found that people have found whilst detectoristing. Please, I bet there's at least one antique dildo. Mm, well, <laughs> I was going to make a bit of thinking, this is quite a tame subject, Jake. How on earth are you going to get a penis in an episode? It's like, don't you worry. <laughs> Mankind will solve that for you. Internet got your back, son. I will, I will also admit I was concerned, so I do have my secret link of the antique dildo. I think we've all discovered the antique. Let, I think let's just lead I with that. I have not. I've not seen any antique dildo. <laughs> I was just assuming accurately that knowing mankind, there's probably an antique dildo buried in the ground somewhere. Uh, let me start us off with the chillest one. Darren Webster, on his lunch break, decided on a whim to go metal detecting, and he finds this huge box of just jewels and coins worth up to like half a million pounds, just on his lunch break, and is heralded as the biggest Viking archaeologist discovery in the United Kingdom. And that's kind of like the base level of, whoa, that's pretty huge. But then, let's delve a little bit weirder down the line, where we've got in 1989, an Austrian man found a 12-inch long boot made completely of gold. Wow! Imagine how uncomfortable that would be! Yeah, yeah. What's the point? I don't know. It was heralded as the boot of Cortez. To be fair, it refers to it as a boot shape, but they believe it to have formerly been an actual golden boot. Why it was for, why someone wanted it. It's so pointless. Gold, (laughs) right? Okay, gold is a very, very heavy material, and it's also incredibly soft. So it wouldn't even function well as a shoe. There's literally (laughs) no reason. Also, it's really cold, so your feet will be cold, uncomfortable, aching and sore, and your shoes will probably be ruined at the end of the day anyway. Yeah, but you look fabulous. Mm. (laughs) You would look fabulous. Okay, I'm not going to deny that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, how do you put them on? Like, is it made of solid gold? Do they have laces? I'd like to think there's some heavy inline that does all the heavy work, or they just sort of weld your feet into the gold boot and you just never stop looking. It's like a chastity belt, but for your feet. You must always be beautiful and always be amazing. How hard. I know. (laughs) Robin Williams once said, cocaine is the sign that rich people have too much money. But I think we've now found a new benchmark of knowing that rich people may have too much money (laughs) when they literally can afford to make golden shoes. (laughs) To be honest, thinking about it, I'm quite surprised no one nowadays has golden shoes. Like some sort of SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, you'd think someone like Kanye at the very mm. least. Like some overt display of wealth. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, we know Kanye can't afford anything like that these days. <laughs> Kim could buy him a pair. Yeah, he'll hear this, he'll get you. Maybe he's into detectoring. <laughs> Maybe he evidence. would be. I mean, he named his kid Northwest, that- his favourite detectoring spot. Just on the subject of gold, have we heard of the English gold sovereign? It's a gold coin minted 1837 onwards, and it's based on an older 1600s coin. And apparently, this came up while I was looking at the rules of coins for detectorists. It still counts as legal tender with a face value of £1, even though it's mostly solid gold. If you were to find one of these, you could nip down to your corner shop and literally hand it over and it counts as a pound coin. Wow. Even though I'd imagine it'd be worth insane amount more. Also, just so sort of like off the subject of going off the subject even more, the rule of coin for the Tectorist sounds like the coolest name for a secret society. Oh, that should be the name of our podcast. I was about to say, wouldn't that be a great <laughs> theme of like secretly we're Tectorist, but then suddenly we, you know, we join a secret cult of the rule of coin. I vote that from now on this podcast isn't about subcultures, it's about rules of coins. That's quite the niche. I don't know why anyone would want to listen to it, it sounds dreadfully dull. To be fair, I don't really know why anyone wants to listen to Subcultured, but lo and behold, we're just running with it. (laughs) Go niche or go home. Exactly. Carrying on with the odd list, because it does get odder and it does get a little more interesting, and it does actually tie us back to gold, when a Jean Merck Wenger found 10 bars of gold worth up to $126,000 just casually whilst lawn mowing, which I feel is cheating a little bit. Yes, a lawnmower isn't a detectorist device. No, I feel out of all the devices you could use to detect metals in the ground, a lawnmower is up there with probably the least efficient. Yeah, I mean, if you are okay with your detectorism device just breaking if it finds metal. I almost have to imagine how far he had to dig, because for all I know, this could have been just some rich person who just buried gold in the ground, and he was sort of like, oh, oh, look at me, I'm rich now. Ta-da! I have a random question. Mm-hmm. Has a detectorist ever found a dead body? Oh, well. <laughs> well, that was actually very fortunate because that comes across to my next one. Uh, when a, a father and son found a pre-Revolutionary War graveyard in their backyard of six dead bodies. Whoa! <clears throat> so yeah, there's a secret grim side to this. Pre-Revolutionary? I guess they'd be skeletons then. That's not so bad. Oh no, but I imagine it didn't smell great. It would be very up, that's true. It'd be very upsetting to find a recently murdered person and, like, open a crime case. Or solve it. Again, that could be the the second storyline to this Nicolas Cage film. As well as fighting with his family, who is all Nicolas Cage, he discovers a recently murdered Nicolas Cage in the ground. Whoa, this is strange. (laughs) Well, the cultural minister, David Lammy, several years ago did say that detectorists are the unsung heroes of UK heritage. So really? the fact why there isn't a an already a movie slash more dynamic in their TV show about this, I don't know. If we had to make a TV show about an extreme group of detectorists globally, who would we cast? What hmm. country is it set in? I'd like to think global. But... <laughs> the world. Well, they're like detectorists on demand. They will travel wherever you need them. I mean, technically, it is already what we have with Tomb Raider and National Treasure, but it's more factually accurate. They never do any detecting in those. They just seem to know where they are already. Mm. It needs to be more realistic, more gritty. We'll get Christopher Nolan to direct it, just like he did with Batman. (laughs) Bring it it more down to Earth. (laughs) Oh, he'll make it all dark and gritty. There'll be a rape scene for no reason. Oh, Nolan. (laughs) Oh, that's that's terrible. Cut that. Cut that, Jake. Just cut that. <laughs> we know we're keeping that in. We're keeping that Goldie in. I, I performed Jack All tonight and I'm ill and we're going to put that joke in there because it's fucking gold <laughs> that you can normally find in the ground if you take your lomo outside. We could always have 23 Jump Street Detectorist School. I could go for that. But could we have Nicolas Cage as the new Bucky Young Cop? He doesn't understand this whole new inner world of the hidden coin. But then we have Donald Glover who's secretly his, like, handler. Could you really have Nicolas Cage doing anything new? Because he's about 80 years old now. Oh No, he's he is How, old, how old is Come Nicolas on. Cage? He's like 50. Which is, I mean, yeah. He's, he's 54. 50. That's ancient. <laughs> he may me. as well be he's dead. Ancient. I would vote Danny DeVito. I want him playing <gasps> oh, yes. a detectorist in a detectorist comedy. And I want the running gag to be that Danny DeVito is too short to hold his detectorist device. <laughs> So I think it'd be a really funny visual image is Danny DeVito being shorter than his his tool. 
Can we get Arnold Schwarzenegger in there as well? Yes! It's a combo that needs to come back. Odd couple detectorism. So we're we just going to remake the detectorists, but with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Danny DeVito. Yeah, we mix twins meets the detectorists. Except for one where he has a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Christ, god. Christ, that's, that's taking me back a while. Oh wait, no, wait, no, no, that's Junior where he Is has that a junior? baby. Oh god. Which also has, yeah, Danny DeVito in. I think it would probably play better if it was like what every other American TV show does and take the English TV show mm. and then just put the American actors in it with the same script. So imagine like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger just stood in a field casually for about a minute and a half in silence before one of them takes their heads off as like, hey, you all right? <laughs> yes. I would love to see Danny DeVito chase a magpie for gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would love that. that. Yeah, and then have Arnold Schwarzenegger deliver Mackenzie Brooks' lines. That is his name, correct? Mackenzie Crook, isn't it? Eh, whatever. I think it's Crook. creator of the whole show, him. Jesus. Played by Arnie. Yeah. Yes. Are they going to do the accent? Yes. Ooh. Could you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger doing Mackenzie Crook? (laughs) (laughs) Not not right. They're as opposite. I mean, they're barely (laughs) the same species. (laughs) (laughs) the good of golds i can't even i can't even mix the two kind of like what accent does mackenzie have i'm trying to merge that with austrian it's like a somerset accent i think hmm. somerset? i'm not sure i'm not austrian. great with accents i think it's somerset who are my lover no it doesn't really work does it it's too it's too conflicting it's too it's too parallel ends of the spectrum oil be back i'll be oh, no. <laughs> detectorist two God, could you imagine mackenzie cook in predator I think that'd be amazing. I think we need a British Predator after... I don't know if you've seen the most recent Predator film. Does it have a lot of detectoring going on in it? I wasn't a fan. It wasn't very predatory. I feel oh. like we could do a better job with the cast of detectorists. I'd like that. Okay, so we replace Toby Jones. <laughs> he should play Arnie's character. Or is he oh, playing no. the Predator? I'd like to see him as the Predator. Yeah? If Arr. not... <laughs> I'm a scary that? predator. This is my impression of Toby Jones being predator. <laughs> Every now and then just goes, oh, hold on a minute, a bit stiff. <laughs> Come back. Oh, I don't like this very much. I'm really bad at accents, I apologise. Oh no, you've nailed it perfectly. I'm just imagining who's the, is it Hooch? The really Texan guy, but is incredibly Yorkshire. Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Sorry, I'm trying to find predator lines just to kind of say in a Somerset accent. What do they get to in Somerset? We could do a get to the, but I mean, where do they go cider? in Somerset? Get to the get cider. To the cider. Get to Voivory Park. I ain't Taunton. got time to bleed. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter, Dylan? CIA got you punching too many strollers. What other great films could we remake in Somerset? All of them. But ones that would have like some sort of. It has to have some sort of mining such digging feel. I'm quite liking the just replacing the Vietnam vibe. Imagine Apocalypse Now, but in Somerset. <laughs> See, I'd want to do it with Arnie films. Total Recall, set in Somerset. Oh. <laughs> Get your arse to Wensleydale. Get your arse to Somerset. Proper good it is. Some proper good finds around there. Yeah, classic Somerset lines. Mm. <laughs> anyway, pulling... Pulling this back out of the deep, deep hole because we have missed out the most important find on this interesting finds. Sorry to pull us out of this little play space we're having a lot of fun in, but I'm going to be the the boring dad and just haul us on back to the even funner and even more interesting 2,000-year-old fertility dildo that was found in Lincolnshire. Yeah, Lincoln! Hey, we went there. Lincoln! 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 Of course it was Lincoln. Everything happens in Lincoln. The context for viewers who don't know is personally, we all went to Lincoln University, a place of depravity and Swans. sickening. To, to yeah. quote the in-betweeners, <laughs> goodbye first-rate education, hello University of Lincoln. Amongst my <laughs> friendship group these days, it's referred to as Meme University. Because <laughs> did you see the turtle that opened the wing of the university? Yes. Right? Oh my, no- oh you- my days. <laughs> Did you see the boy who has started using a microwave as a school bag? Yes. Because they've banned satchels. That yes. like, everything happens in Lincoln. It's the Florida of the UK. Yeah, there's definitely something in the water there. Yeah, it's probably swans, but 
and now we're finding dildos in the ground. I don't even think this is a 2,000-year-old dildo. This could, just could have been one of the locals on a night out. <laughs> could well be. Wait, on a night out? Do you bring your dildo with you on a night out? Of course. Are we learning something? Never here? leave home without. <laughs> just well, in case, you never know. I'm just assuming that the locals aren't more the clubby night outers and more just, you know, we'll take a car around the back or just do a bit of dogging types. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to bring the dildo, do you also bring the batteries? Or do you just pick them up oh, on surely. the Oh, surely. It looks a bit more manual, this 2,000-year-old Yeah, one. this one doesn't look like it is batteries included. It has a bit of a sort of a finger grip to help i believe ergonomic ergonomic design Mm. very good i'm trying to imagine what the detector found on this thing it looks like stone it looks quite painful in fact i think that's some sort of metal it's definitely ribbed down one side Mm. which which is always a bonus i hear oh hang on i didn't realize there was a picture i'm looking at the picture now oh wow how does it even go inside you I feel like this is only part of a picture. I feel like we need a time team style like overview of what's going on. So I feel like you could probably have some extra parts to this where maybe there was something that it balanced on, which would give it that sort of nice hinging motion back and forth. Kind of like those big ship rides you see at some amusement parks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't think that I'd ever hear that connection. <laughs> yeah. So apparently this isn't actually a dildo. It wouldn't have been used as a dildo anyway. It was, oh my God, this was found in Hong Castle. Oh my god, that's... Of course it was found in Horncastle! That's where Bloody Joe used hell. to live, audience. That's where I used <laughs> to live. There's only like 50 people that lived there, and of course, of course. So you may know who this belongs to. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the most famous thing that has ever happened in Horncastle. That's probably the most significant historical event of the entire town's history. I cannot, oh my god, I am going to have to tell everyone I know about this. By the time you were living there, this was right underneath you and you didn't know. I can't believe it. I can't Unsung believe it. Unsung heroes of United <laughs> Kingdom's heritage. <laughs> I'm going to set it out for the detectorists, making places interesting by finding dildos. I can't fucking believe, this is ridiculous. I, honestly, Horncastle's never done anything, ever, ever, ever. This is the best thing that's ever come out of it. I am sorry that I keep going on, but like, if you'd ever been to Horncastle, you would understand why this is so insignificant. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on a moment. There's a beautiful line here in this article which just sums up Lincoln. It's a really nice object, really interesting, he added. We've only got a handful in Lincolnshire. This is not the only one. Apparently, <laughs> we have we have a situation. We have the infinity dildos. I hear if you assemble all five, um, something amazing will happen. Yeah, you get the dildo infinity glove, and it has the penises extending from each finger. Great. I'm sure that's already a porno. I'm, or- I'm already warming up my metal detector, guys. I need to find me that dildo gauntlet. Well, I think you should all come back to Lincolnshire. I'm still here. We can use me as a base of operation. We yes. don't stop until we have an ancient dildo eat. I mean, really? Yeah, I think we should. I think one day in the future, when we got that lovely internet money, we're going to go metal detecting, guys. We're going to do this. <laughs> I hope I find a big metal dick. <laughs> you never know. I think that might be the soundbite for the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. This keeps happening. This was going to be a wholesome educational episode coming off the back of Juggalos and Doomsday Preppers and that episode we don't talk about anymore. The episode zero. <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore, Joe. <laughs> um, we're talking about wholesome detectorists and not people splitting their penises in two. Not this time. Not this time. So this penis that was found in a field in Horncastle, mm-hmm. it's not even a dildo, right? That's what I was trying to say before I got distracted by the fact that it was <laughs> from Horncastle, where I lived. For the listeners at home, this is like a metal penis. It's all curved. It's got two small testicles. They are quite small, aren't they? Considering... Very disappointing. The They're length disappoint- of the penis overcompensates i feel mm, disappointing nads and there's a ring in the worst well the <laughs> second worst place you could put the ring and it's on the shaft of the penis and apparently this was worn around a roman soldier's neck so it wouldn't have been used as a dildo it would have been used as like a that's, necklace that's what the wholesome scientists are trying to tell you but you know if you went back two thousand years what happens behind closed doors i believe there's an internet meme we can quote for this anything's a dildo if you're brave enough that is very true. <laughs> yeah, that is point. very true. You know what's quite nice though? That top picture where you can see it side on looks a bit like a snail. <laughs> oh, is that nice though? I'm never going to look at snails the same way again. Oh, I can see even now. Yeah, if you if you reverse it, because the, the balls turn into eyes, kind of, don't they? 
<laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm it, seeing yeah. it more and more now I look at it. It is a mm. snail. I'm just looking at the date. If that was found three years earlier, I could have been working on that. Oh my god. At uni, for one summer, I did like an archaeology thing, and I was doing like a skull they found. I could have been working on that knob. And I was living in Horncastle when they mm. discovered this. Oh wait, no, hang on, was I? I may have just left. Ah, uh, you didn't get its fertility blessing. <laughs> the, um, yeah, that doesn't sound great for you, Joe. You know, you move out. You sometimes possessions get left behind. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have stayed if they'd told me I could have stayed in Horncastle and lived in the town where they discovered the Roman dick. I would have hung about <laughs> for that. Do you think that's on the time sign now? Come to Horncastle. We've got a, a knob, <laughs> a two thousand year old penis. <laughs> they grow from the ground. They do. Have you guys noticed the length of this penis? Yes, it's I only saw an that. inch long. The picture is deceivingly big. This is why you can never trust pictures of penises on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they all seem bigger, don't they, when on a screen? In person, though, they're only an inch long. To be fair, if I was thinking I need some of this to help my fertility, but I had to wear it every day on the front of my clothing, I wouldn't want it too intimidatingly no, big. No, you've you got to own that. You've got to have the full-on. It's going to be heavy, but the nine-inch solid stainless steel, obviously, dildo just around your neck. And the second one is a belt buckle, too, perhaps. Ooh, ooh. Would, would you want something ridiculously long? Because the real one looks smaller in comparison, surely. You want, like, the smallest little kind of... Oh, so it's, it's, it's like a trick of the can. eye type thing, like... Yeah, you put uh... it next to it. Look, don't worry. <laughs> Mine's very big compared yep. to this. The creepiest <laughs> thing about this whole penis that was found, though is the quote right towards the very end. Oh. You would also find them fairly frequently in infant burials. Oh. The thought was it would protect oh. the child in the afterlife. Fucking hell. Oh. All like nice, sensible, spiritual connotations aside, there is one thought going through my head of baby ghosts wielding dildos as swords, fighting off I mean, that's what's going to happen. Honestly, people make out as though zombies are going to be like all adults. No, there will be some children, and there will be some children wielding massive metal cocks. How do you counter that? When you see that coming at you in the dark, what do you do? I mean, a scary witch? That's fine. You're expecting that. A small ghost child wielding a big metal cock flying at you screaming. That'd just kill me. This is the issue of the horror genre in today's modern age. It's setting unrealistic expectations for the horror we might experience. But there's no mention of the babies wielding metal penises anywhere in popular media. I would like to retract something that I said on an earlier episode on our Preppers app. I said if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would go to Lincoln to prepare, and I would not do that now, because I don't want to fight tiny children holding metal penises. Unless you forge your own even bigger penis. That's the only thing I would really... That's the only option left at that point. Yeah, like a guts from Berserk, 20 foot long. Like, you know, like Sephiroth for Final Fantasy. <laughs> which oh is my massive. Days. The massive sword. If you scaled this up quite a lot, as it is only an inch long, but if you scaled up, that ring in the middle would probably make quite a good handle to wield the penis by to turn it into mm. a weapon. Yeah, or a handbag. Or a handbag. <laughs> Fashion statement of the century. I decide the connotation here of, like, you're a Roman blacksmith. You don't know what germs are. You don't know the world is round, but you do know how to craft a very good penis. They don't know, of course, that metal probably isn't the best material to make a penis out of if you want to put mm. it inside you. It's not the most hygienic of materials. Mm, I can imagine it's just gonna... That's gonna lead to a lot of problematic diseases. Rust. You need that stainless steel or plastic or go home. I'm now Googling because I kind of feel it was about detectorists, but now I'm just looking at sort of like archaeologist find of penises. In the ground. Dildos through the ages. I think that might be the new episode name. How about this? How about I'm going to just pitch off this last note. I think it'll top the penis dildo historical documentary we're about to do. But I was going to bring up how much metal detectors actually cost. Who's willing to beg a guess of the starting and ending mm. price of the detectorist hobby? I'm assuming these are proper ones and not like kind of ones you get from Argos for a kid. No, unfortunately, they don't cut the mustard. But much Aww. like a fertility symbol, size might be everything. I actually looked into this because when I was watching The Detectorists, I got really into it and I was like, yes, this is my new hobby. I'm a detectorist now. I'm going to look up and see what detectorist devices they're using in the show and I'm going to get myself one as a treat. And I looked and they were like three fucking grand. I was like, oh, that Jesus. dream is over now. 
I'm not a detectorist anymore. Is there a time-lapse crossover with when you lived in Horncastle? Have you missed out majorly on uh, a life event? If you had invested... This could have been you we're reading about. I could have had that big metal penis. The tiny metal here's, penis. Here's a question. I don't know if this would fall under the Treasure Act, but if you found that big metal penis, morally, would you keep it or would you declare it and only be able to get Ooh. 50% of the value? Oh, I'd keep it. 100% yeah, keep yeah. it. Yeah, this was an, a much more interesting deal than if it was money. I think it was a no-brainer. I'd add it to my collection of weird objects that I own. I'm really glad you said weird objects there and not something else. <laughs> One of which is a figurine of a monk from the 1950s and he has a massive penis that pops out oh. if you poke his head. So oh my god. That's a good okay. one. Got it from my granny. Oh, that's nice. Might need to see a video of that at some point. That oh, yeah. <laughs> no problem. You might be able to find it on Google. He's called the Merry Monk. The Merry Monk. Merry Monk. I'll search for penis as well because that might help come up. Yeah, Merry Monk push down penis. I was judging you, but I just realised I've got a bottle opener, which is a elaborately carved wooden penis. There you go. That opens bottles, and it's the best bottle opener I've ever used. Did you get it from Greece, by any chance? They sell a lot of it. It was either Greece, or it was one of the uh, Canary Islands. That's good, yeah. I got When I went to Greece earlier this year, I got a figurine of a guy with a big penis. <laughs> they love their big penises there. Yeah, and in Egypt as well, actually, as well. Huh. But I guess another fertility symbol, but... Well, fertility or compensation, you decide. My only phallic <laughs> item that I believe I own, I have a mug that is a penis. Nice. Oh. Nice, yeah. It's got the full balls and everything. They're painted quite well. <laughs> As in accurate veins? So the, the main part of the mug is the shaft, and, yeah, okay. and that makes it actually quite awkward to clean because it's got a bit of curve to it. Ah, um, uh, okay, so is it larger at the bottom? It is larger at the bottom, and then the base of it has the two balls, and they're nicely wrinkled and textured. Oh, oh, so it's going to be yeah. really hard yeah. to clean. Yeah, it's it's an interesting Ooh. mug. It's I think it is more of a showpiece. Yeah, <laughs> it's a trouble, yeah. That is something you bring out to your mum on those special Christmas days. Like, let's get the penis out again, that time of year. Clunk on the table. Do you want a cup of tea, Nan? <laughs> <laughs> Extra milky. No. The interesting <laughs> thing about this metal penis and the treasure laws, and this could, again, add on to this amazing plot story that we're coming up for this film. Apparently, if you don't declare it within 14 days and you are then discovered to have kept it, it becomes property of the crown, which means that you can then go and deliver it to the queen. (gasps) Imagine that! Imagine delivering the penis to the queen! Should probably say, oh, that's why I left it. I found another one, guys. Or someone else has found another one. Amateur metal detector goes on internet walking trail and discovers in Norfolk a giant mammoth penis. It is a full... Oh, six centimetres. Oh, I thought it was inches then. I was going to be very impressed. I thought mammoths would have bigger penises than that. That's a bit... Mm. I mean, it was cold back then. <laughs> Maybe they're growers? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that sort of 2,000 years in the ground's probably not helped. Shrinkage. No, probably not. The fact that it's coming up on a metal detector as well probably isn't a good sign for your penis. It's probably just for piercings. Like, if you go back to the body mod episode, there's a lot of things you can do with a penis. Mammoths were famous for piercing their wangs and splitting mm. them in two. Yeah, well, you learned that at school. Exactly. Idiot. I didn't. I, I did Egyptians. <laughs> I mean, between the two modules, I think Egyptology and mammoth penis law, it was a tough call. What is this episode? What's it become? It's exactly, exactly what's expected. Yeah. It's what they yeah. crave. I'm not going to lie, we've easily eaten through all my research on detectorists, and I think segueing straight into sort of fossilised penises is just my ideal scenario for every episode where we reach a kind of a tangent. <laughs> Let's just segue. Hello and welcome to Subcultured. Today's episode is about fossilised penis interests. I'm your host, Jake. I'm joined today by fellow penis enthusiast, Joanna Gray. Hello. <laughs> Jacob Abbott. Right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Wow, what, what an inception this is. You get a podcast within a podcast, a listener. Oh, you must pe- be so pleased. It's the penis section. Every episode has one. To be honest, now that I think about it, if you did have a quite an impressive piercing down there, your body could be found in like a thousand years. Yeah. Or if you were murdered, right, if you yeah. were murdered and buried by the murderer, right, are they going to go to the lengths to take out your penis piercing? Probably not. Mm. Right? I and mean, they'll either just chop it off and then bury that elsewhere, or more likely they'll just leave it in, then you can be found by detectorists. So that's like, that's a good life hack, actually. Life so hack. People who've listened to this episode now have learned something quite useful. 
get Have your dick they? pierced so when you're killed, <laughs> you can just suck it right back to your murderer. Yeah. And be mentioned on various podcasts. <laughs> and make sure it's made out of precious metal so that the treasurer laws apply. So the queen can can have have a goatee, yeah. Hand-delivered to the queen herself. If you were to have any part of your body replaced with precious metal replica, what would you go for, and why? Well, I mean, I'm already kind of set on penis. Like, the literal gold member from Austin Powers' gold member. (laughs) Solid gold! (laughs) There's a blast from the past for you. Oh, speaking of, solid gold Roman pendant shaped like penis discovered in Rome. Ah. Another fertility symbol. Not Lincolnshire this time. Only two centimetres, though. Hmm. How unfortunate. If I was going to get anything replaced, I'd just get my entire, like, skin. Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where Homer imagines himself as King Homer, where he's, like, 50 foot tall and made of gold? Oh. Is that how you uh, you quite often imagine yourself when you're just alone in the house? Just, what exactly, if I was 50 yeah. foot tall and made around. of gold? Don't you? I mean, I am now. I'm definitely, that's definitely where my head's going. <laughs> I mean, you would find King Homer because he's made of gold. So. Oh, yeah. But it's quite heavy, it's Mm. it's a big inconvenience. You're going to struggle at airports, you're going to be some exporting large amounts of wealth issues there. (laughs) True. They couldn't give you a cavity search, though. It's made of gold. (laughs) (laughs) They just get a metal detector and kind of rub them all over you, like, "Mm, where's it? How deep does this go? What's our scans saying? Shall we move on to the fun game of what is the biggest, most valuable hoard of treasure ever found, according to a quick Google search? Who wants to guess? What were we thinking? What's the value of the hoard, and how much did the detectorist get? Hmm. Oh, well, I've got Darren Webster here, who found that Viking treasure set, which I think was, I think, half a mil? Okay. I found one that's a little bit more than that, but also a little bit of a very disappointing story for them. Oh. We have the Darren Eflin Hoard, which is apparently found in Ireland by uh, a father and son detectorist team in 1980. The hoard was priced at $7.2 million or $5.5 million British pounds, Ooh. which is fantastic, except they did not actually have permission to dig there. And as a result, it was all confiscated by the authorities and they only received £50,000 for the find. Oh, no. If they just had the right permission, they'd have been entitled to half of it. Wow. That sucks. Fifty grand yeah. still pretty good. It's still pretty good, but when you consider the $3.5 million that, you know, if they'd gone and just said to the farmer... I mean, at that point, would you have just, oh, we found something? We'll go speak to a farmer and say, can we dig here? And we'll, we'll just fudge the time a bit. Well, that's the thing. Some farmers can outright just say no. And this is why you have what is commonly referred to as night hawkers, who are people who dig up at night and steal treasure oh. and leave holes. I'm assuming they then go and, and dig a fake hole somewhere else and just relocate the find. Pretty much. Or they just, they just take it and flog it on eBay. But I like how that's a thing. Nighthawks. There is actually a bigger hall than that I found, which I didn't really class as proper detectorist because it sounded like it was done by a proper team of people. In 2007, there was the Black Swan Project, which was $500 million worth of gold and silver coins found off the coast of Portugal. Just sat there in the ground, just £380 million worth of coins. Imagine if you just find that when you're uh, scanning on a beach. <laughs> That'd be nice. I mean, it's got to be up there with just finding about 12 gold ingots whilst casually mowing the lawn. Or a iron dildo in your back garden. For all we know, they could have just tripped over it and it's like, oh, not another one. <laughs> it's got a big pile of iron dildos to just keep lobbing it into. The dildo, I think, won it in terms of the best find of all time. I feel like we the should have like party poppers and happy music and like a big party. Like, whoa, well done, the big penis one. <laughs> best find. It's not even that big of a penis either. No, it's an inch. Well, oh, the little penis won. Like American politics. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hey, lowering the tone. We're never going to get sponsored by that, you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grasping at straws. I've been searching the entire episode to find something better than the, the iron penis in the ground. Nothing is better. <laughs> Could you imagine that as the new Marvel hero, Iron Penis? <laughs> You've seen Iron Fist. Now see Iron Penis. Iron Penis. He's just taking people's teeth out of it. This just seems to be a guy who's repeatedly just getting kicked in the crotch and is perfectly okay with it. Oh no, he's just lifting things. Oh no, he's lifting things with that. He could probably attach a metal detector to that thing and just like <laughs> go around all day. I think that's a whole other episode. I seem to remember reading about that. About penis detectors? No, about tying weights to it and doing stuff. Oh, working out your penis. 
Mm. Like penis push-ups in Tenacious D. Yes. Yeah, but there's some sort of like kind of weightlifting thing. There is. If I, right, okay, I might be totally wrong with this, but I believe it's to do with your Kegel muscles and people that, with yeah. vaginas do it as well. You can put weights inside and use your mm. Kegels to like lift the weights. And basically it makes you less likely to wet yourself when you get older. And also it means you'll last longer in bed. Huh. Ah. All the fun activities of the Kegel. I did breeze past a video of this actually a moment ago while looking for more details on the Lincoln Iron Penis. Came up with the Shaolin Iron Penis slash Iron Egg Skill, Cure for Impotence. We should bury it in the ground and then leave it for generations to find so they can equally have this much excitement and joy at the hands of finding metal sex toys. Still so obsessing that they're metal. It is Mm. a genuine thought actually there. There's a lot of metal in the modern day sex toys. In a couple of hundred years' time, are we going to start finding them in the ground? Are they going to be the archaeological finds that our generation leaves behind? Mm. Mm. That's the thing. What are we going to leave for future detectorists to find? Probably plastic penises. So it has to be something within the 90s to 2000 era, because everything is going biodegradable now. So what between 90s and 2000 do you reckon we could have secretly just hidden away in the ground? That'll probably still be there in thousands of years' time. We could use this as a platform, a call out to our generation. As a collective, let's start leaving more interesting archaeological finds. Please, people, we can do this. You're just encouraging littering. But it's littering for the purposes of history. Is that, <laughs> is that an excuse? Just do a time capsule. I guess there's a countless amounts of game consoles and stuff that's probably chilling around. A few Freddo wrappers. Are Freddo wrappers made of metal, though? I don't think you could probably find those. Oh, they're made to last the test of time. There'll always true, be Freddo wrappers around. You can't get rid of that shit. Some sort of like a burial mound where you find like a sword or a helmet, you'll find a Freddo wrapper. <laughs> so you're telling me. Well, in Protectorist, they always kind of come on about how they always seem to find bottle caps. I think capping is the terminology. So surely, you know, in the future, now there's no more sort of any more bottle caps. It'll be something more like canning, a cheeky bit of can, or, yeah, or, or, or dildoing, where it's just endless amounts of dildos just sort of littering the great fields of kent what about phoning like just old bits of mobile phone you you hear all the time drunk people throwing their phones when they uh, get texts they don't like and they've had a bit too much you do joke but the amount of burners you find when you empty out the locks around manchester is 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 manchester yeah that is true but burning it's like oh found another burner let's see if it's working oh got someone's number on here exciting Going back to a previous episode on body mods, are people buried with their body mods? Well, I don't know if they'd rip them out. But I mean, a lot of them are removable. Like, poor Catman, who passed away, I think we learned, in body mod episode. Was he buried with his whiskers? Maybe there are Nighthawks somewhere that are secretly just going around getting all these thousands of pounds worth of prosthetics and hidden stuff. Grave robbers. That's kind of what it is, isn't it? Casual grave robbing. At what point does it stop becoming a grave and start becoming a treasure hoard? Mmm, that's a fair point. I guess, you know, as they say, is there's skin on the bone, then you're, then you're not going home, you're going to jail for grave robbing. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that, and I'm not entirely convinced <laughs> I'm ever going to hear anyone say that again, but, but here it is, you've heard it first here, folks. If there's skin on the bone. <laughs> you're not going home. Eight grand. Eight grand. Is that the most expensive metal detector you've been able to find? Well, the cheapest one I've found is the Viking Wasp metal detector, at £102. Whilst the, the biggest one, and this is at a bargain apparently, is the Mine Lab GPZ 7000 metal detector Whoa. for 8 grand. Originally 13 grand. <laughs> for that kind of price, you hope you'll find a gold hoard. You're going to pay back that bill. Yes, seriously. Mm. Well, some keen metal detectorists do claim that it does pay for itself, but these people are more seen as amateur archaeologists versus hobby enthusiasts who just enjoy it. I wonder how much someone got paid to find the dildo. Not enough. <laughs> Joe, you know the town. What's the economy like? What do you reckon people would pay there? What, in Horncastle? Mm-hmm. For a one-inch metal penis? <laughs> yes. Mm. You say it like that. For a one-inch, 2,000-year-old metal penis. I don't know. There are some people in Horncastle that are quite wealthy, but overall, I wouldn't say... Most people wouldn't be able to afford more than a couple of hundred quid, I think, for a metal penis found in the ground. So we're looking at sort of 300 pounds. 200? I don't know. How much would you pay for the metal penis? 50 quid. 
That's about right. 50 quid, anyone going to go higher on this bid? Would anyone pay higher than 50 quid to own a metal penis? Theoretically. Uh, 51. <laughs> 51. I mean, it is just an inch, so... Yeah, it's tiny. You know. But think of all that fertility juice that it's just been hoarding for 2,000 years. Well, I would definitely wear it. Rock that fertility dildo. Yeah, wear it like a necklace. Hmm. Or a ring. Or a ring, yeah. It does look like a sort of a knuckle duster. That'd be the ultimate insult when they're getting punched by a dick. <laughs> uh, Punching the dick? I mean, punched by the dick. Boom! Maybe, for all we know, this could be like a very ancient meme that someone's made just for a joke and has now kind of just been left and we all assume that it's for something important and spiritual, but really it was just a bit of a joke. In a thousand years, are archaeologists going to find graffitied walls from the ruins of Manchester and go, this symbol of a penis, it must have been a fertility shrine here. It's just a random alleyway, but they're going to misconstrue it because they're going to read too much into it. What is this mass ball of plastic with fossilised semen inside? It must have been a great fountain of fertile juice. I like how even in a nice, wholesome episode, we can still lower the tones this much. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to go this way, but I kind of felt I wasn't going to try and stop it. I don't know why I didn't expect it now. We're on episode, what, five? Every episode so far. Yeah, every single one. I think it's the episode that's caused this all to happen in the first place. It's the curse. I mean, we did go too far in that episode. Things were said that can't be unsaid. As I said in in that episode, once you start down that alleyway, you can't stop. It becomes Mm. a part of your life. Well, I reckon, if anything, and I think that leaves us off on a good note to kind of call it here, that no matter what we do, this idea of a project of a nice, wholesome, educational podcast series has penultimately failed, (laughs) and it's slowly but surely going to become penises through the age. Just to round us off, Detectorist, wonderful looking hobby, over 8,000 members around the United Kingdom alone, and over 100 different clubs, if any of you are interested in joining, and hopefully a hobby that one day we'll all partake for the sake of shits and giggles. Yeah, when I win the lottery. Well, we'll get all our internet money one day. One day. time. Yeah, exactly. It's, if not, we'll, I'll buy one. I'll put my flat down as leverage. I'll find our first boost, and then we'll just keep going from there, because it's, it's a guaranteed... It's like the lottery. You always win. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's right. a good idea, actually. If it's your flat, then I think that's a good idea. Yes. Boom. Sorted. I'm going to make a call tomorrow. Do it now, yeah. Yeah, I'm texting my finance advisor now. Cool. And we'll pop that down. I need to let Kay know. It's okay. Nah. nah, She'll be fine with it. She'll probably think it's a good idea anyway. I'm not even going to let my finance advisor know what it's for. Well, no, exactly. (laughs) Because he'll obviously say it's a great idea, so he doesn't, you know, need to know. Exactly. When I'm rocking it with like, hey guys, check out my 10 golden dildos, each worth a million pounds. Boom. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Just for the sake of our new hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Let's call it there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this failed attempt to do something wholesome, sweet, and kind that's sort of delved into the disgustingly, sickly, penis-loving podcast, which I think we inevitably always were. Cheers, guys. Thanks. (laughs) We are the subcultured board of tourism, and we apologise. I hope I find a big metal dick.